Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I don't know, Gavin. I just wandered into the studio of New Hampshire Public Radio, told them I won the Iowa caucus, and they let me use the studio. So I don't know. Let's do this thing. The following podcast contains... Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you were a good person and let evil triumph because you had other stuff to do, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, February 7th, 2020, because good is dumb edition of the show, where we just say fuck it and give up. Stay tuned. The... What the hell are you thinking podcast is brought to you by Mitt Romney. Is this copy correct? It is? Okay. When it came time to do the right thing, Mitt Romney, still can't believe I'm saying this, did it. He weighed his own best interest and then, wow, he put the country first. Mitt Romney made a choice based on evidence, reality, his personal morals, and religious faith. This is so weird for me to say. And then he did the right thing. In a world where people routinely say fuck it and just do what it is easy or what's best for them, Willard Mitt Romney did what was right, even though he knew it would be bad for him personally and politically. So for this, and I still cannot believe I am saying it about mittens, we say thank you Mitt Romney for doing the right thing. Now I have to brush my teeth to get this horrible taste out of my mouth. So Lone Star, yogurt has taught you well. If there's one thing I despise, it is a fair fight. But if I must, then I must. May the best man win. Put her there. Now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. I've mentioned before that my parents fell victim to the satanic panic nonsense about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Satan's game. Your children, like it or not, are attracted in their weaker years to the occult. And a game like D&D fuels their imagination and makes them feel special while drawing them deeper and deeper into the bowels of El Diablo. And their general reflection towards a rational explanation for them not wanting me to play was that I played so much D&D and read so many fantasy novels that I could no longer tell the real world from fantasy. So they made me stop playing 
sell all my books, and then I used all that money to buy heavy metal albums, which, if there was such a thing as the devil, were certainly more likely to lead a young lad into his clutches. I thought at the time that it was all nonsense. I clearly knew the difference between fantasy and reality, mostly because I was and am a sane and rational human being that doesn't believe in stupid shit like, I don't know, raising people from the deads, dudes riding in giant fucking fishes, or that one dude, no matter how well-intentioned, could get nailed to anything and redeem all of humanity. But as I've grown older, I've come to realize my parents were kind of right. Oh, God, I wish it was elves, but no, no, they weren't right about that. And they were right in that sometimes I have trouble discerning fantasy from reality. Was this a sex thing? Again, no, I'm pretty realistic about sex. I mean, I don't even masturbate to like generic porn, you know, with strippers and stuff because uh, my brain keeps telling me that no woman that attractive would ever want to have sex with me. Guys, we have to have realistic attitude. No, but what I mean by that is that sometimes... I still want to believe that given the choice, most people would do the right thing most of the time. That most people are generally decent, honorable, law-abiding, and compassionate towards their fellow human beings. Oh, you poor deluded bastard. <laughs> this particular erroneous belief has cost me personally over and over again in my life. And looking back on each time that it's happened, I can only collude, conclude that it was because of my fantastical beliefs that led me to believe that this could ever be true. Because look around the world. Clearly, I'd, clearly the idea of magic is more believable than people doing the right fucking thing. And the funniest thing of all is most of the people around me believe that a guy got nailed to something to redeem them for to redeem them for their sins, but they act like they've never heard a fucking word the guy said. These these lips were made to praise Jesus. Let me uh let me tell you a couple of stories. First time I had to do something for the right reasons I knew for a fact would fuck me later on was early in my time in the Air Force. I was working a post when a dude came into the office wanting to report a crime. Now, where I was at was basically Mayberry RFD with nuclear weapons. So I figured the crime would be like a stolen pie or kids throwing rocks at the general's house or something, and I was all ready to... I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud! He then proceeds to tell me that his 13-year-old daughter has been having sex with airmen on the base and they'd very much like that bud nipped or he was going to nip it himself. And I began to take the report. Then he began to give me names of the fellows that were having sex with a child and her friends of similar age. And the names he was giving me were, uh, how do I say this, known to me. They were other cops in my squadron. Now that's a bit of a problem. Anything I did here was going to come back at me badly because I'd seen Serpico and I know what happens to cops who rat out other cops. Admittedly, I was on an Air Force base in Bumfark, Arkansas, so I was probably overthinking that one. But I also knew that if I did what I was supposed to do in this situation, which is call my supervisor and let them take over the case, they faced the same problem I did, the ratting out thing. And third of all, there was a very real possibility, knowing what I knew about my squadron, 
that the entire thing might very well be hushed up and made to go away because having a half dozen of your troops go down for fucking little girls is the kind of thing that can make an officer lose their command. And young airmen who knew too much about such things could be sent to places they might not prefer to go. So what I did so I went around the system and I called an agent I knew at the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. That's uh, the NCIS for the Air Force for all you boomers out there. And I told him what I had and why I couldn't be the one to report it and handed the whole thing off to him and kept my mouth shut about it. Six months later, the court martial started. Fuck me, I was called to testify. All of my good intentions resulted in, resulted in me being considered a rat my commander very nearly losing his command and mine being sent to Korea with exactly one year left in my term. Everything I thought would happen if I did the right thing fucking happened. Some years later, I was working at a well-respected institute of higher learning in our nation's capital. I had a nice job, rank, authority, respect, and free fucking tuition to said Institute of Higher Learning for as long as I worked there. And let me tell you, it was... It's pretty fucking sweet, huh? The problem was, I knew things. Things that if they were talked about, would reflect poorly on said institution. Things about juked crime stats, covered up cases, outright lies about people being sexually assaulted on campus, and I suspected other things like cooked overtime books and outright embezzling done by higher-ups in my department. I had everything I wanted, and in a few short years, I could walk out with a degree or, fuck, even go to law school totally fucking free, and all I had to do was... All you had to do was keep your fucking mouth shut. Do you think I kept my mouth shut? No. I talked. I talked to people higher up in the university, only to find they didn't want to know the things that I knew because it meant the university would be in the newspaper or they would have to do something. They thanked me and then told my bosses to shut me the fuck up. So I tried going to the newspaper, but no one cared about things like campus rapes being, <laughs> being covered up 20 years ago. So that went nowhere. So I went to the only people who did care, the other students. I talked to them, to the student newspaper, to sexual assault prevention groups, and they listened until the semester was over. They went home, and I found myself resigning in lieu of being fired. You are fucking stupid, and you are fucking ignorant, Dave. God, yeah. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. I don't tell you these stories to make myself a hero. Because I'm not. I'm a mean-spirited, apathetic drunk who generally dislikes people and find them highly annoying. So let's not pretend I'm special. But I do want to point out that if I, a selfish, pitying shit heel of a man with a Peter Pan complex and a terror of commitment can do the right thing, surely anyone can. I didn't do those things because I wanted to or because I needed a fucking windmill to tilt or a dragon to slay or that I thought people would respect me. Again, I'm a sane and rational human being. I knew they wouldn't. I did it because I took an oath. I swore to a God I didn't believe in that I would support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I would bear true faith and allegiance to same. And I would obey the orders of the president and the officers appointed above me according to the regulations and the code of military uniform code of military justice. And after taking that oath, 
I took another oath when they pinned my badge on me after graduating from the Law Enforcement Academy. And there, I promised, among other things, to hold allegiance to my country, devotion to duty, and personal integrity above all, not to seek favor because of my position, and to perform my duties impartial, irrespective of a person's color, race, religion, national origin, or gender. And I took a similar oath when I was hired at the university. And nothing in any of those oaths says that I cannot do them if, you know, I find them personally inconvenient or dangerous or damaging or I just don't fucking want to. And I took those oaths of my own free will because it meant something. It meant that I made a promise to something bigger than myself. In one case, the nation I served and later to the community I served. And that I would put them above my personal needs, wants, and desires. And that I would serve them in true faith and allegiance. And I would do so without allowing my personal feelings, opinions, and biases to interfere to the best of my ability. I'm not saying I lived up to it every fucking day, but I tried. And when it mattered, I honored my fucking oath. Because it was supposed to mean something. You really are a hopeless fool. Yeah, I am. And to come around to why I'm even talking about all of this, this is the oath you take when you become a senator of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to same, and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office of which I am about to enter. So help me God. 52 United States senators took that oath and wiped their fucking asses with it, and in doing so, they wiped their asses with the oaths that I and every veteran and active duty member took as well. And they did it fucking knowing full well what they are doing. They're not morons, not most of them anyway. They did it because it would harm them personally and political and politically if they upheld their goddamn oaths. They did it because they are fucking cowards and lackeys to a petty-ass wannabe tyrant and because the oath was meaningless in the first place. Say what you will about Donald Trump. He knew from the word go the oath was just empty fucking words he had to mouth. He never pretended they meant anything. And all of this, he's ironically enough the only honest player in a crooked game. He never gave a fuck because he understands that an oath is only as good as the person who takes it. And he is a glorious fucking piece of shit, a criminal, and utterly and completely amoral. And he's the only one who doesn't give a fuck about some meaningless words. And I'm not mad because he was acquitted. That was always going to happen. The world has never been the kind of place where some last-minute epiphany or soaring oratory was going to convince the evil fuckers in the Senate to do the right thing for the good of the country, to preserve the Constitution, or because their faith told them it was the right thing to do. I mean, look at the irony of the only person who reached that conclusion based on their faith is of a faith conceived in the mind of a fucking stone-cold con artist from New York in the 1830s based on some golden fucking plates only he could read. You could not write that part into fiction. And this is why, this isn't why I'm so pissed off. I'm pissed off because knowing all of this, how fucked up the world is and how all the oaths of men and women are a sad, pathetic joke, 
I would do it again because my parents were right. All the books I read made me believe the good always wins, that plucky heroes and comedic sidekicks struggle, but they always win. And the world gets put right, evil gets vanquished, and everyone lives happily ever after. It was right there in the books, even the really unbelievable books, where guys get nailed to things and then come back from the dead. That guy was really so important to my folks. It's part of the reason I am the way I am is because they believe so much in that guy. It's too bad they don't believe enough to actually follow his teachings when it's personally and politically inconvenient to them. Right now, I have the best job I've ever had. Great money. Fantastic benefits. No real work. People like me. I'm greased all the way to retirement. And if tomorrow I found some shady shit was going on, I would fucking scream it from the rooftops no matter what it personally meant for me because I took an oath that never fucking mentioned an expiration date. Sure, I may be a fat fuck civilian and I haven't been a cop in 20 years, but there was no out on that oath. Just the clothes that I was wearing while I uphold it. I would burn down my life now without thinking twice if I found out my job was crooked. And that's why I choose not to look for shady shit going around me. That's the other side of all this shit, all the prices I paid for doing the right thing. And now I work at a fucking investment bank in real life. Do you think there isn't some shady shit going on all the fucking time? I live in fucking Fear that I will hear something, read something, or just stop pretending I don't care long enough to learn what it is and that I will fuck up my life again. John Stuart Mill said bad men need nothing more to compass their ends than good men should look on and do nothing. That phrase morphed into the more commonly known version. The only necessary thing for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. But you want to know the real fucking reason this keeps happening over and over and over again. It's the dark helmet version that says that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. I struggled this week to write this show. It's been a shit show all around. I almost flat re-ran the Iowa caucus episode from four years ago because it was just so apt this week, four years fucking later. Because we never learn because good is dumb. But in the end, I decide to go with a shouty show because that's what I'm best at. Just angry shouting. So if you like my angry shouting, rate and review, blah, 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 blah. I don't fucking care. This week exhausted me. I'm tired of all the stupid shit. Now I just want to drink this bottle and listen to music for the rest of the night. And Gavin fucking hates it when I hang around while he's editing the show. So, hey, bonus for me. So for me, Dave, Lone Star Bledsoe, producer Colonel Sanders, Gavin, and all the fictional assholes we got on this ship. 
We want to say bring the crowd and laugh out loud because Mr. Stupid is back in town. We'll see you all next week. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.